Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and yes, this is a pro wrestling podcast. Thank you very much for joining me for the second episode this week, which means if you haven't heard the episode that dropped on Wednesday, get in your time machine, go back to then, and especially if you want to hear about Dean Ambrose. We'll be touching on the Dean Ambrose stuff today, but that is the one where we dived in deep because it was the day that WWE released a big statement on their website, or at least 12 hours or so removed, saying that yes, post-WrestleMania 35, it looks like potentially, I mean, you know, it could still be a work, we don't know, that Dean Ambrose is going. What we will talk about here is that seems to have triggered this bizarre wave when it does come to All Elite Wrestling. But anyway, we'll get to it. If you've never heard the podcast before, or if you may be just getting loose to it, the second episode of the week always features a patron. And I'm very happy, and I'm very proud to say that a man who supported me for a long time is in a good egg all round is my man Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good to be back on the podcast. Absolutely, dude. It's been a while. We were saying before, it's been a while. And has, you know, yeah. now you come back to the podcast and the wrestling world is... Utterly different to when last time we chatted, wrestling was just kind of like, yeah, wrestling's all right, but status quo and everything's kind of the same. And now it's like, well, wrestling's really weird. Like, you don't know what's going to happen at all, ever. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, the last, I don't know, last six months or so, it's got, it was a bit, bit, I kind of drifted out a little bit. I think most people did, yeah. But uh, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people did. But uh, it's picking back up again now. It's WrestleMania season, isn't it? So. Well, the thing that surprised me the most is like I, I, I always caveat this because I do totally agree with it. When it comes to things like ratings, I don't think fans have to care because what difference does it make? You know, it makes, no. it makes no difference. However, I was surprised. You know, I, I was surprised how I said they weren't bad, but how not good. <laughs> this is my positive spin. The, the, the ratings for Raw and SmackDown, I thought, were quite low this week, given it was the Raw Rumble. Now, I find it fascinating from a statistic point of view, because, you know, it is a good barometer into sort of interest in the product. And I know in terms of finances, it makes no difference. But I'm always the first person to put my hand up and go, I think YouTube must be affecting the number a little bit. Because you go on the, you know, you go on WWE's YouTube channel, and some clips have done a million views. And you think, well, if you add a million people... So I think I, I understand revenue-wise it doesn't help and you can't focus on YouTube, but I always do think that's kind of taking bites out of uh, uh, the bottom line. With that, you know, with that said, though, you know, I thought the Royal Rumble was decent. I thought it had some, you know, certain some good talking points. And for them to kind of, you know, come out with both Raw... I mean, SmackDown basically did exactly the same as it did last week and Raw didn't break, you know, didn't break 3 million, which is what I assumed it would do. I don't know, it just surprised me. It, it just did and it kind of made me think, you know... Because I think you're probably the same as me. We both live in the bubble world of wrestling. I don't really know actually how popular it is outside of that because I live in it all the time. So I don't know what other people think about pro wrestling right now. Yeah, no, neither do I. I mean, I do think the, the YouTube thing certainly doesn't help. I mean, I, I'm fully fully prepared to admit I'm one of those people. I do not watch Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. I just catch up with the highlights on YouTube. It's just so much easier. Yeah, of course. And, you know, if you, you need to devote, what, an extra five hours a week to Raw and SmackDown, and they're not necessarily always the best show. I mean, I just don't have time for that. So I don't think, I mean, ratings don't really matter these days. I mean, everything's been diluted by the internet anyway. So I don't think they really need to pay much attention to the ratings for Raw and SmackDown. But I, I would have expected it to be bigger. 
given it's the show after Royal Rumble, but you know, I think there has to be a, a, a difference. Yeah, I think there has to be an element of burnout too. Because you know, if you if you are super into this, you have to watch three hours of tour, around about three hours of Takeover, then six hours at the Rumble, then three hours of Raw, and two hours of SmackDown. By the time that Tuesday rolls around, you have got to have somebody yeah. that's just like, I can't do it. Especially yeah. like when you say you know that you can just go on Twitter or YouTube or Facebook, whatever, and you can catch up. Or you know, I'm not, I'm not, I know it's a ha funny, funny. But oh yeah, you can watch shows like Ups and Downs. Like you know, Ups and Downs yesterday went on for 14 minutes. So you can actually get your two hours. You can learn everything that's happened. And yeah, it's not the same as watching it, of course, but you can stay up to date by just, again, you know, shrinking your time down so much. And I think in these big weekends where, you know, these big four weekends where there is just so much content, I do think it wears people out. I mean, I'm lucky in the sense that I get to do it for stuff like this. But, you know, like you say, when you you just need to find time in your daily life to do any kind of thing, to have to try and watch, you know, 12 hours plus of wrestling is ridiculous. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole day pretty much to watch. And, and the Royal Rumble was exhausting to watch. I mean, yeah. I stayed up and watched because I knew if I, wa- I had, I was working at two o'clock the next day in the afternoon and I knew that I probably wouldn't be able to watch the whole thing if I got up at, well, I was started watching it at nine o'clock, say. <laughs> so I wouldn't be able to watch it all and do everything I need to do. So I had to stay up and watch some of it. Uh, the night before. So I stayed up till about three. I think I watched up to the Daniel Bryan match and then I watched the rest later. And well, that was about six hours, yeah. I think, yeah. altogether. No, it, it <laughs> and was, that, I didn't watch any of the pre-show either. Well, no, that's, so, the, that's the real yeah. problem with the pre-show, isn't it? Like, why would you watch it anyway? Especially when you think, well, it's going to add two extra hours to my life. Yeah. And it used to only be like an hour, I swear. Now it's it's basically a show in itself. Well, it's funny you mentioned that about waking up early because I remember the Royal Rumble probably three or four years ago now. Yeah, I remember exactly what you said. I got up early before work because I wanted to squeeze it in before I went went to work. And you could do it, right? You had to get up quite early, but you could get pretty much the whole show. I mean, you kind of fast forward it a little things, but you could get it in. You could go to work feeling quite quite happy with yourself. You're so true. Unless you get up at like three in the morning when the show's still going on, there's no way you can fit it all in before you go. Yeah, I'd have to start watching it at like... I don't know, seven at the earliest, probably. <laughs> I think. And I, I can't physically do that because I've got other things I need to do. But yeah, it's just, they're so long these days. Yeah. It just doesn't need to be that long. But but then when you've got to squeeze in two Royal Rumble matches, I kind of understand that. But well, yeah, my, yeah my, my... in some ways, you know, it's nice to have such a long show, but. It is a bit too much. I, I think six hours is too much. I don't mind them doing six hours for what I do, but I understand them doing that for Mania. But to yeah. me, four hours max for the Rumble, uh, three hours, you know, for, for other pay-per-views. I, yeah. And now I watched that Royal Rumble, and I was like, you know, this is how sort of indoctrinated I've become. I was like, how did they ever even get a Royal Rumble to three hours? Do you know what I mean? A pay-per-view. Like, how the hell did they ever do that? Because it just, it just seems so packed these days. That almost seems like a, a time that we've forgotten. It's, it's not like... There weren't even that many matches, were there, on the Rumble? To be fair, no, there was six. Not well, there was nine, uh, but yeah, two and three were in the pre. Yes, there's about yeah, six. That, there wasn't that many. Right, there wasn't that many. The main show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and I don't remember. I think previous Rumbles you'd maybe get when it like back in the day when it was just the men's Rumble, you'd maybe get a title match, and maybe three others, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If that. Not that different. No. I remember those. Yeah. I remember those Royal Rumble shows, you know, kind of 
I don't. I remember, aside from the odd one, like you know, Royal Rumble two thousand or whatever. I remember those shows literally just focusing on the Rumble. That's all. Like that's all. All that mattered, and everything else was kind of just there because we need to fill out a card. And I've got no problem with you know there being a bigger focus on other matches. In fact, I think that's really important. But I think we've gone too far the other way, and this is why again that you know the thing that. I would like the most is just kind of unify the world titles in terms of the women's and the men's world titles. Cause all of a sudden, you know, you eliminate two matches and I, I don't mean that in yeah. a bad way. I liked every match on there, but again, the AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan is the big one that I wanted to focus on because that was a brilliant match, but it just was terrible in context of where it fell on the card. Oh, and- totally, totally agree. Yeah. It was, uh, I, to be honest, I watched it. Even I was a little bit bored because I just watched the rumble, the women's rumble, which was decent. Um, and yeah, and you just, the whole crowd was just deflated. Yeah, exactly. And I do think that, you know, that it always comes through the TV as well. Like, you know, A, we're yeah. all human beings. So even if you are watching it on TV, you're going to, you know, you're going to feel worn out. But also, you know, when, when it, it, it's weird. It's like it, it, it transports itself out the TV into a living room, right? And all of a sudden you, the, the fan, feel a bit worn out as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that. But I think you inevitably get that with a six-hour show. I mean, the fans have been there by the time they got to the Daniel Bryan match. The fans have been there probably what six hours. Oh man, I yeah, think. yeah, absolutely, absolutely, dude. Because especially because you know, usually you get there early, don't yeah. you? Like that's the thing you do. You get to an arena early. You kind of settle in. Yeah. Then... So if they'd have been there, so if it started at ten o'clock our time, say. By the time they got to that uh, Daniel Bryan match, it was three o'clock UK time. That's it's crazy, oh, that's crazy, isn't it? It's just crazy. <laughs> and I was ready for bed by then. Well, of course, yeah, because you're worn out. Like, and I get yeah. the, the time zone's never going to help, but still, that is a. Uh, you're right. It, it becomes it becomes a slog. I think is the is is the right word, and it shouldn't do. It, and that's the real shame as well, because you do get these matches which are great, but again, you don't enjoy them because you're so tired. Yeah, and it always seems to be. The SmackDown title match as well. Well, that's because they don't put it on the same level as the... It's their classic no. thing, isn't it? Ever since day one, whoever was SmackDown champion was, quote-unquote, the B champion. Exactly. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. It's always, it's always the one that has to follow, like, a rumble or something big. A bit like the Money in the Bank ladder match or something. It always follows that, and it's like, oh... Yeah, no, it's Never true. gets the credit it deserves. No, it's true. And it was. That Daniel Bryan match was absolutely in the quote-unquote, you know, death spot, as they say. Because you're yeah. coming off the, this angle that's really hot. Everyone really likes it. Finally got what you wanted uh, and so on and so forth. So, yeah. yeah, yeah I don't know. But I didn't get the ending to that match either, really. Which one? The Daniel Bryan match with oh, Eric Rowan. Re- recyclable Rowan. No, it was... Uh, strange. It was strange. I, well, I think it was just one of the... I, I'm, I'm kind of torn on it because... It was madness, but at the, at the same time, you know, we all, as wrestling fans, and I, I get, I, I kind of say this through gritted teeth and devil's advocate, pinch of salt, and all of that. But you know, everybody was asking for twists and turns and surprises, and that that doesn't work really as an argument because the surprise still has to be good. I'm not saying this was bad. I need to see how it plays out. But you know, in terms of shocking you, this was a shock. <laughs> like, this, yeah, this, it was. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that. Um, I guess it means the end of the Bludgeon Brothers. I don't know. I, I think Luke Harper's going to come back now at the Elimination Chamber and help Daniel Bryan win. And then we've got our new, our new, our new Wyatt family that just happens to want to make sure that you put plastic in the right part of your bin. That, that's, what I, that's, that's what I think we're going to get. I love it, though. I tell you, man, I, I, I wasn't sure on this whole... Because, again, it's very easy from, a, uh, you know, uh, from afar to criticise the Daniel Bryan gimmick because everyone keeps saying, well, you know, he shouldn't be the heel. 
But I actually think he's done. I think he's done wonders with it, and I think revealing that hemp belt on uh, yeah, on SmackDown was just—it's one of the best things I've seen in ages. Because not only does it really kind of underline and stamp something on that gimmick to say, you know, we're going all in with this, which I always think is is, is important. But it's just funny. It's just funny. Like now, in terms of characterization, Daniel Bryan's this crazy guy that went out, threw a leather belt in, in the in the garbage. And went and got himself a hemp and naturally fallen oak belt. Oh, that's great. That's what I think wrestling should be. It's fun. It's stupid. It's something you can boo, even though he's technically doing the right thing. Yeah, I, I love stuff like that. Yeah, no, I think it's excellent. I mean, I, I have to admit, I wasn't a big Daniel Bryan fan. Oh, I think we talked That's about this before, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't, because I did, wasn't really watching when he had his big moment at WrestleMania 30. I was aware, but I wasn't watching. I mean, I came back in about just before WrestleMania 31 and he was coming towards the end of his sort of first run then um and when he came back I wasn't that excited I must admit but uh, he's definitely won me over now I'm really excited to see him now as a heel I think it's fantastic absolutely and the strange thing as well I don't know how true this is again just reports on the internet blah blah apparently the only reason he re-signed with the company is because that you know they were going to say well look you were offered two years we're going to hold you you know that whole freezing the contract thing they do when people are injured so he was like well I may as well stay there's no point me hanging around so that's fascinating and obviously ties into what the other thing we're going to talk about which is you know we, we, I kind of mentioned it on Wednesday but I want to talk about it now because more stuff keeps coming out everyone keeps going oh, uh, we don't know what AEW is going to be we don't know if all it wrestling is going to be a success it already is like I'm not saying it can't die in a couple of years but the the, the, the kind of the shot that it's fired across the wrestling scene with again Dean Ambrose leaving Atami left I don't think I mean I know Atami has said he's going back to Japan but I still think it created somewhat of a buzz or you know somewhat of of a shift and yeah. you know the fact that these wrestlers now go well, apparently what happened is everybody found out how much Chris Jericho was making and they went, wow, that's a, that's a legit company. It's a legit option. And that, it, you know, that is almost as important as what it may do with ratings or merchandise or house show numbers, whatever. You know, creating that competition where the big dog in the yard, lack of a better term, thinks, oh my gosh, we've got, you know, we, we have to, we can't be as complacent as we were before. You know, again, AEW may be dead in a year for all I know, but right now it has created enough of a wave that the situation has shifted enough that wrestlers can be confident to go, I don't want to sign that. Like, apparently on SmackDown, again, all rumors, I always like to say that because I don't know, but the rumors are, again, that on SmackDown, anyone that has a contract up in one or two years was pulled into a room and told, look, we really need you to sign something new. Let's start these discussions now. That never used to happen. I mean, it's no. crazy. No, it's insane. I, I think they, I think they could lose a few people over the next few months, definitely. I think, well, the way you got to look at it is this. Dean Ambrose, okay, could be a work. Let's just take it as red for now. He's gone. Itami is gone. The real funny one, and I, I remember seeing this tweet and being like, what? Around the Royal Rumble, Chris Jericho basically tweeted out something about Brock Lesnar being out of shape. And it was a bit like, okay, Brock's not in the best shape he's ever been in. Still looks like he could kill a dude. Like, he's not, yeah. he's not, no, I don't, you, you can, again, you can say, okay, he looked better here. But I don't think anyone's going up to Brock Lesnar to go, bro, get back in the gym, man. He's a tank. An I mean, absolute tank. He's just a wall of man. Yeah. And yeah, Chris Jericho tweeted out this weird thing saying that. And I was like, that's very weird. And as it turns out, apparently Chris Jericho is trying to work himself into an angle with Brock Lesnar to have a match in AEW. And that... Brock Lesnar, being the master negotiator that he is, as he does with UFC and WWE, has no problem in allowing AEW to come into that conversation in order to increase his price. Which means 
from a purely speculative point of view, one day, maybe next year, maybe this year, who knows? I don't know what Brock Lesnar's deal is. We could get Brock Lesnar versus Chris Jericho in an AEW ring. And it, it, it blows my mind for two reasons. One, whoever would have predicted that. But also, two, that is almost like the antithesis of what you would assume All Elite Wrestling to be, right? You think All Elite Wrestling is going to be new guys and indie talent and up-and-comers. And now there's rumors it's going to be Chris Jericho versus Brock Lesnar. That's mad. That's absolutely yeah. mad. But, I mean, AEW, they have to get some established stars in there. I think doing it based just off of, you know, indie darlings and up-and-comers, it, I don't think that will work. I agree. You know, they have to have some big names. Chris Jericho is a, a great star. Um, but, I mean, if they could get Brock, it'd be unbelievable. But, I mean, there's plenty of other people you could get as well. But, I mean, Brock versus Jericho would be awesome. I, I, I And also, I think that's one of those things... I absolutely know that would get, you know, surprise, surprise. That absolutely would get people involved, though. I think I, you, I, could, I, um, you could get Brock versus Kenny Omega, then. I mean, you, you can, can you How imagine? That be? Can you imagine before 2022, we had Brock Lesnar, Jericho, Brock Lesnar, Omega, Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar versus both the Young Bucks, Brock Lesnar versus Hangman yeah. Page. I wonder, what, yeah, I wonder what the impression of Brock Lesnar would be would be would be then, because obviously at the moment he has a he's somewhat divisive. Some people love him, some people hate him. You know, he doesn't want to do this and doesn't want to do that. I just have nothing but respect for the man because he's done. You know, he, he he went and did everything in the wrestling business that people said you couldn't do. And Brock Lesnar went, all right, well, I'm going to do it. And he's absolutely yeah. smashed it. And yeah, you know, talking about Dean Ambrose, his match at WrestleMania with him wasn't wasn't the best. But yeah, whatever, whatever. Like, yeah, you know. I mean, I think uh, was, I came out of the Royal Rumble thinking Brock actually it's changed my opinion a little bit because he's done a few matches in the last few pay-per-views where he's really sold for the guys he's been in there with. And... I just think if he did that every time, it'd just be fantastic. Um, but obviously he doesn't. But um, recently, he's been much better, I would say. And I... he's such a big attraction as well. I mean, it, he feels like a star when he's in the ring. And they don't have many male talents that really feel like that, I don't think. No, I agree. I, I, I still think he comes across like a star. I just like him, though. I've always liked him. I guess because wrongly or, or rightly i kind of separate from that side of wrestling like you know if he if he doesn't want to sell for lack of a better term or if he doesn't if he wants to make the most money possible i'm like okay well just you know it's just one match on a card you know i'm i'm, I'm happy to move past the dean ambrose one for example when i see something like daniel bryan versus brock or aj versus brock or finn versus brock you know those ones that i focus on because they're the ones that i enjoyed more so i'm not gonna overly think about because no one hits it out of the park every time. And even if it is because, yeah, he threw a bit of a tantrum, I'm like, all right, well, CM Punk did that. Stone Cold Steve Austin did it. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not, it's not yeah. unique to Brock Lesnar. Loads of top wrestling stars have done that. Although I will say, did you watch the WWE 24 that aired after the Royal Rumble where yeah. all those rumors about him hurling the bait of Vince McMahon were true? Yeah, no, I just wa- I finished watching it this morning. I started watching it yesterday. I just finished it. Thought, I-, I love those WWE 24s. They're brilliant, aren't they? Like they're, 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 they're really good. They're, they're the best. Like they, they, you can really feel like you can really feel the emotion and the uh, sort of struggle with some of the people in it. Just it feels really good. I always like enjoy watching those. Um, but the thing that I was thinking about with Brock Lesnar the other day, in fact, I think yesterday I was just thinking about it. Where the one thing that annoys me with he goes in the ring with say Finn Balor or um daniel bryan or aj styles and he pulls off these amazing matches where you know they look like they're going to beat him and and then he just escapes with the belt 
And then he had, what, like five or six matches with Roman Reigns, where he pretty much just squashed him every time. <laughs> Roman Reigns is a, a much bigger guy than all of these people. So why can't they have a decent match with Roman point. Reigns Brock Lesnar? I, I, I guess it's because, and I actually agree with you, that's a really good point, but I think it's because when he takes on a smaller guy, I guess they think, well, we have to give him something, otherwise no one's going to believe this match, whereas Roman Reigns, I don't know, you're right, that's baffling. But I think, that, yeah. I, I, I think it comes from that way around. When he, gets, when he gets to get put against a Finn Balor, it's like AJ Styles, it's like, well, you know, what can we do? Well, we have to do this, otherwise it's not going to be believable. Whereas with Roman Reigns, because, yeah, he's a much bigger dude, I guess they think, well, you can just beat the crap out of each other. And then, well, I mean, the whole Roman Reigns thing is crazy, especially when you look back on it now. It's just, it's just the, the whole four-year experiment or whatever you want to call it is just, it's just crazy. It's just, and I think, I, honestly, I was thinking this the other day, I think that could be one of the reasons why Becky Lynch is as beloved as she is because it's like the antithesis to Roman Reigns where she was meant to get booed, but she got cheered. Rather than fight it, WWE jumped on the back of it. And finally, you know, there was this person that we could cheer and she would win things. Like Even when she lost at the Rumble, she still came back and won, you know, the actual Rumble match itself. Yeah. And I think there's just, that is missing in WWE is, is a baby face that comes out, you know, comes out, on, a baby face that we want to see coming out on top. And I think that's been represented over the last few years at WrestleMania. Where, you know, it has been, and again, I think Roman Reigns has got bad rap, but still, it is, it is what it is. And most WrestleManias have gone off air with Roman I mean, Reigns think, standing tall. Yeah, I mean, the weird thing is, I actually kind of want to see Roman Reigns come back now and win the title. Oh, I do, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know. like, I don't believe in Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar that much, I must admit. Well, that's, mean, that's interesting. Why not, man? I don't because you can see it's just going to be a similar kind of thing. It's going to be to all of the other ones with like Finn Balor and Daniel Bryan, it will be, I mean, you've got to assume that Seth Rollins will win the title. So he will just finally manage to beat Brock Lesnar in the same way that everybody else has. But he doesn't feel like a particularly credible threat to Brock Lesnar. No, I I think you're right at the moment, but I think they can, well, what I hope they do, I should say, is I hope over the next few months they build, they build that up. And I also think there's a lot of, you can get a lot of stock in, you know, kind of whatever you do at the end point. So if he does beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania and he gets a decent reaction from the fans, which I imagine he would do, and they have a really, really good match, I kind of think yeah. whatever happens before that will, you know, will, will be forgotten about. I think the real issue they have is that Brock Lesnar now won't be on TV for ages. Yeah, I and mean, there's a long time before WrestleMania as well because it's what beginning of April. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah, we've got two pay per views to get through. Uh, this is the only thing that worries me is apparently what we're going to do is Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre going against Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. Now, look, on paper, I got no problem with that, but I, but you kind of then start jumping into the issues with why would Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins team up? I know I'm being a wrestling geek, whatever, but you know, only six months ago, Braun Strowman was trying to destroy his brotherhood. And now, just because they shook hands, if anything, Braun Strowman should be more mad at him because he kicked him at the Royal Rumble. But yeah, you know, and, and I get it, I get it. You've got a long way to go to WrestleMania. You have to feature, you have to feature Seth Rollins on the show. You got to keep him hot. Yada yada yada. And we know Brock, we know the deal with Brock Lesnar. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, that doesn't really. You know, everyone talks about the road to WrestleMania. I want there to be a lot of exciting things going on. I don't think that tag team match is especially exciting. But it also does tie into my whole you know, question mark I have about WrestleMania 35 because you've got these talents that I don't know what they're going to do with. So Daniel Bryan, I really couldn't figure out who he's going to face. Braun Strowman especially. Who the hell? Because Braun Strowman needs a big Mania match because let's not forget last year he was winning the tag team titles with Nicholas. 
So, yeah. you know, so they have to do something. And who does yeah, Austin... I think there's a question mark over probably, I don't know, like half the roster, isn't there? I mean, there's so many pe- big names in there that I, you can't really pair them up at the moment. Well, yeah, I mean, especially like, I mean, right now, so right now, if I give you, you know, I give you the, the WWE book and I say, who do you want to put Braun Strowman against? I guess you could argue Drew McIntyre, but then you book yeah. yourself into a really interesting situation where, uh, to me, Drew McIntyre is Seth Rollins' first opponent post-WrestleMania. I think that's a really good feud, Seth Rollins versus a proper, evil, built-up well Drew McIntyre. But yeah. that means he can't lose at WrestleMania. No. And I don't believe you can have Braun Strowman lose, because I do think Braun Strowman... I still think he's great, but I think the edges come off. So that's a match to me that seems silly to make, depending on what your future plans are. Yeah, I mean, Braun could do with being taken away from the main event scene for a bit, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I just, I just, I, I, I don't, he's kind of in a holding pattern. And I don't think that it's great that he continually fights or feuds with Baron Corbin either. I like, I don't mind Baron Corbin. I think Baron Corbin gets a bad rap. I think that's, I think he's quite fun to boo Baron Corbin. And I don't think there's that many heels like that on the roster. But I don't think being in a program with him helps Braun that much. So I'm also like, well, what do we do with Braun building up to the biggest event of the year? Should, if Undertaker is not on this show, which is the rumor, should yeah. Braun be moved into that position? I'm not saying Braun can have as good as matches as The Undertaker, but should we come up with some really interesting dynamic idea that we put Braun into so that when he's done, you go, oh, wow, Braun Strowman's really cool again, and then you can maybe have him have a title run at some point? Because I remember a lot of people said that 2018 would absolutely be the year that Strowman would win the Universal Championship. People, they, they, they guaranteed it almost, yeah. and it didn't happen. And today... Yeah, we're ready for it, huh? I think so, and that, that's my point. So going back to the Elimination Chamber last year when they put over Roman Reigns, but obviously had Braun Strowman run wild. I didn't think we'd be talking about this at all, but while we're here, do you think they kind of missed the boat on Strowman simply because they were so focused on what they wanted to do with Roman Reigns? Oh, definitely, definitely. There was a point where you just thought, that's it, it's, he's getting the belt, and then it just didn't happen. And then they had the whole uh, like squash match in the Saudi Arabia one with Brock Lesnar. And that just killed it completely, I thought. I, I think so, yeah. Like that, that, that whole, I don't know what, again, because then it seemed like, okay, we do this here to build up to some kind of revenge. Braun never got his revenge. Like Braun's no. revenge was meant to be at the Royal Rumble and that was stolen away for him. And now Strowman just doesn't care anymore. It's that kind of continuity thing that makes you go, well, what happened? I don't, I don't get what the deal is. Yeah, he's always been, and against Brock Lesnar as well, he's always been made to look like an idiot. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I would say most. Yeah, and also, but name me, you know, name me a big feud that Braun Strowman's been in that he's won. I don't think he won his feud with Roman Reigns. Not overall, no. And probably against the Shield when they would, uh, when it was him and McIntyre and Ziggler, they probably lost that as well. Um, No, he generally doesn't win feuds. No, which is weird, right? Because becoming Bray Wyatt. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he has. And it's kind of weird as well, because going back to The Undertaker, while The Undertaker would always have really shit feuds at first, I'm talking, you know, sort of early 90s Undertaker, he'd always win yeah. them. He'd always win yeah. them. And I think that's something that people forget. Sure, he was fighting Giant Gonzalez and Kamala and whoever else he was fighting, but he always won. And I, the, the, odd, the odd one that he didn't. But that's why I remember when Mankind came in, or McFoley, everybody was like, oh, he's going to feud with The Undertaker. That's because The Undertaker was out of opponents. He was out yeah. of opponents. He's like, we don't know what else to do. And if you remember, in their first match, they allowed Mankind to win. And the reason they did that was to make you... Th- Here's a threat to The Undertaker, right? We've established him straight away. 
Whereas Braun Strowman, they've kind of gone the opposite way. You're right, he is just like Bray Wyatt. Cool character, got over, you know, proper swell of fan support for a while. But aside from flipping over cars here and there, they never they never capitalized on it. And I understand why. Their focus, again, was Roman Reigns. But now it's kind of biting them in the ass a little bit. I just think when Roman Reigns went away, then Braun was the person to give it to at the time. When did Roman Reigns leave? What was it, October? Something like that, yeah. I think. Yeah, and that was that was when they had Crown Jewel, wasn't it? Around that time, I think, wasn't it? It was, yeah, because it was yeah, supposed to be a triple threat Brock match, right? Back, yeah, so Cr- yeah. Crown Jewel was the 2nd of November. So you're right, around October, yeah. he announced it. It was meant to be a triple threat, turned it into a match for the title. Obviously, he had to get the belt off of him, and then Braun, uh, Braun lost and Brock won, yeah. Yeah, like in about, what, two minutes or something stupid, wasn't it? So, again, yeah, it always makes me laugh. The idea of that match was meant to be that, obviously, he got screwed by Baron Corbin early. You hit him with the belt, and then it was like... Uh, yeah. A, a, a downward, you know, a downward spiral. But I didn't get that. I just saw it as, oh, Brock Lesnar whipped his ass. <laughs> okay. Exactly. That's the thing. Every time he goes against Brock Lesnar, he just gets beaten really quickly. Usually. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. Yeah, and he's the most credible threat to Brock Lesnar in terms of size and power. You know, he's bigger than Brock. He should be manhandling him a bit, but then he just gets F five like five times and loses. Yeah, I mean that that is, and that is the line again. Don't forget, he never, ever, ever, ever got his revenge. That's that's the key. Is oh. that and that and that is those little things that I think are hurting him. And even right now, if someone said Simon Miller, you can book Braun Strowman in whatever match you want. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who I put him with. Like, I mean, Dean Ambrose, I guess was was an option, but that's not going to happen. And I don't oh. even see how that would work. Uh, I mean, who had Drew McIntyre again? We we discussed how that wasn't work. Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar are now busy. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman. I mean, again, you know what? That wouldn't be so bad. If Braun Strowman beats Bobby Lashley for the IC Championship at Mania, I mean, it's not like a a high-profile match, but at least he would have won, and at least he will walk away with the title. And I think done right, um, you know, WWE could capitalize on that. I do think there's something in that, but even then, I don't really think that's something people would have predicted for him, say, a year ago. I think we thought there'd be more. Yeah, I think maybe WWE just don't see him as a guy who needs a belt. Well, that's fair too. I think that's fair too. But again, I always go back to The Undertaker with that one because he didn't need a belt, right? The gimmick was enough and the way he looked was enough and the way he worked was enough. But what he did need was momentum. And that's the one thing I kind of feel like Brock Lesnar has lost, uh, uh, Braun Strowman has lost a little bit simply because we didn't know you know, we we didn't really know what to to do with him for for lack of a better term. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. The other thing, I, I think this is kind of. I don't know. I'm not saying that WWE is flying by the seat of their pants. You know, I actually I do genuinely think the last few weeks, especially since the start of the year, I think Raw and SmackDown have been really good. This week, I enjoyed both shows. I mean, Raw is always a little bit difficult because it's so long, but yeah, you know, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. But it is a bit wishy-washy in the sense that my, my, I always forget this when I do ups and downs. And I always sit down and go, oh, yeah. But where was EC3 this week? Where was Nikki Cross? Sure. You know, where were all these NXT guys? Like, I actually think, I actually quite like what they've done with Heavy Machinery now. I hate the fact they lost on SmackDown just because I'm a bit of a nerd. And I, I would have been fine with them becoming number one contenders straight away because instantly it legitimizes them. But that's what I don't understand. I don't understand why these people come and go, come and go, come and go. It just... I don't know what I'm being way too negative on this podcast, but it's just thoughts that I had this week. I don't really get what the idea is. And I think that comes down to heel turns as well, right? Like Elias, all of a sudden a heel uh, on Raw. And then Rusev, all of a sudden a heel on SmackDown. And that's cool. I mean, just because 
I don't agree with it doesn't mean it's right, but at least tie it into a bigger angle that I can sink my teeth into. Yeah, I mean, I think NXT call-ups, they've struggled with anyway. I mean, there's been, what, about maybe 10 or so in the last year? And they've not a lot of them have done a lot, have they? Really? I mean, there's, well, there's what, six all came up at once just recently, and we've not really seen any of it yet. No. I mean, I, 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 I can't think of one that actually ha- has cut through. I mean, I guess no, I, I guess the most recent one is Elias, right? I mean, he came on and he's yeah. and he smashed it. But then again, he wasn't really, he, you know, he wasn't really a, he wasn't an NXT standout. That's that sounds more harsh than me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, it a traditional pull up, was it? it? It wasn't like like the ones they've done recently. They've just said, "Oh, these six people are coming," and then they keep saying they're coming, and then they come and they pose in the mirror. And then we don't see him for three weeks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly there. Exactly. Why weren't they in the rumble? That's that's the other question: is why weren't they in the rumble instead of like Johnny Gargano or uh, Alistair Black? And you think they would have been as well? They're not coming up. Yeah, I know. I I don't get it. No, no, I'm the same. that, that, That that was my first thought. Is I don't, and I like those guys being in the rumble. Aside from I sometimes get a bit worried's the wrong word but i do think like if i am a casual fan and i've tuned back in to watch the rumble and i see johnny gargano a guy i've never seen just get chucked out yeah. <laughs> i'm like what what am i meant to think of this guy again or, uh, when he went for the uh cross body off the top and joe just moved out of the way and that was brilliant though i mean the thing is i'm biased towards great. samoa joe <laughs> joe just completely no sold it completely it's oh yeah oh yeah absolutely absolutely but samoa joe is Samoa Joe is one of those guys that I think eventually will leave the WWE and he will never, you know, he'll never be what I want him to be in WWE. And that means nothing to Samoa Joe. I'm sure he's making good money and I'm sure he feels like, you know, going to WWE was an absolute, you know, sort of bookend to his career, which I completely get. Like, But the, the, the fact that in two minutes on SmackDown, he was able to cut that promo that captivated me no end made me think he's an absolute psychopath i believed every word that came out of his mouth i'm like why aren't we doing more with him because that i mean honestly i don't know how we do this but i would take samoa joe versus daniel bryan at wrestlemania but yeah. I, 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 you'd have to turn samoa joe heel and uh, face sorry and i that, don't do that. that that's the worst thing samoa joe is too cool as a bad guy to change but yeah, I, I I don't I don't think they see him as 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 I see him, and maybe they're right. You know, maybe they're right. But I just love him. I just love him. He's just so good. But again, he's similar to Braun in that he doesn't ever win a big feud. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he didn't beat Brock Lesnar. He didn't beat uh, AJ Styles. So it's a kind of a similar situation. Whereas, like, I I think he should have beaten Brock when he went against Brock. I I would have loved. It. I mean, I wanted him to beat Styles. I wanted him to beat Brock. Um, you know, I want. I I always think I I wanted him to get his 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 due. I guess for for lack of a better term. Yeah, but I think we all thought he would beat AJ Styles eventually. I think it would take maybe three matches, but I think we all thought he was going to win, and then he just didn't. No, he didn't. He he was almost filler for lack of a better term. And, and it's weird as well because, I mean, Samoa Joe is great because he knocks it out of the park every time. So 
it's that classic thing where, again, this is what annoyed me with Finn Balor this week. <laughs> this is the most negative podcast I've ever done. Oh, well, you've got to keep, you've got to keep the people guessing. But yeah, the thing that annoyed me with Finn Balor this week, and I put my hands up, I was wrong. As lots of people on Twitter let me know, I always appreciate it. <laughs> I genuinely thought the beatdown after the Brock Lesnar match was because we were setting up more stuff with Finn Balor, and it wasn't. It was just to remind you, don't get your hopes up about Finn Balor. Or at least that's what I took away from it. And that kind of sucked because... You know, even now, as we sit here having a chat, Finn Balor in my head, when I kind of think what he did recently, I'm like, eh, it wasn't as, he's all right. Whereas even a week ago, I was like, oh man, Finn Balor, here we go. You know, we're going to push everything he did at NXT UK. So yeah, I don't get it. I don't, I, 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 I didn't understand that. And I don't mind a Bobby Lashley, Seth, uh, uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, who the hell am I talking about? Finn Balor feud. Finn Balor. But yeah, when, when rumors come out that apparently come fast lane, we're already getting Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley for the IC championship. I'm like, all right, okay, so we're just going to job Finn Balor out again? And I like Bobby Lashley, I do, but I don't understand I don't understand what the goal is at the moment. I don't understand who we're trying to push, and I don't understand what kind of focal point we have other than the Seth Rollins-Brock uh, Lesnar match. Yeah, no, I agree. People just seem to jump in and out feuds like all over the place, don't they? But uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to have seen um, Brock Lesnar versus Demon Finn Balor. Well, that's what I thought we were going to get. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But and and Finn Balor was great on the Royal Rumble, I thought, um, because again he's another one of those people that you know he's been so badly booked that you just kind of weren't excited by him anymore. Even though he's fantastic in the ring, like I, I just didn't really care about Finn Balor. But then all of a sudden you give him a push and you know everybody's excited about it again. Um, but then that'll be the end of it, and he won't get that push again, presumably now. I think you have to look at it like that way, right? That was his time. Yeah, that was his time, and he yeah. did everything he could with it. But if you're booked to get your ass kicked afterwards, and you're not going to get, again, you're not going to get your chance for revenge, you do no. have that stigma attached to you, as we saw with um, with Braun Strowman as well. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. For a minute, I really did think. For a minute, I thought Finn was going to win at the Rumble. It did feel like it. Yeah, just for a moment. But that—that's what that I think. That's that's the real shame because. Even creating that idea in your head does Finn Balor wonders because you'll you'll buy into that moment. But then if the you know the kind of last image you see is him, you know, back on the floor, and then it happens again twenty four hours later, you've just pushed him back down into upper mid carder status. And look, yeah. maybe that's where he should be in WWE. I'm not saying WWE is wrong. I'm just saying from a fan watching it and kind of taking all these subconscious, you know, uh, mental images, whatever you want to call it, that sit, sit in my brain. That's how it makes me feel. I instantly go, all right, that's Finn done. He had his shot. He didn't do it. What's next? Exactly. Uh, presumably, we won't see Brock again till Mania anyway. No. Uh, defending guess... the belt anyway, because he's not going to defend the belt at Fastlane, I doubt. <laughs> Imagine it did. Um... I'd love it. <laughs> Just some random match. Brock Lesnar versus like Kurt Hawkins. Oh, man, they should do that. Yeah. I'd absolutely uh, yeah, love so that. We won't see that. So... Yeah, it's, it's... WWE can be difficult sometimes to watch. I can, but I, I do think it's been better this year. I will say that. I just, at the moment, when I look towards WrestleMania, uh, I, I get I get confused. One thing I do actually want to get your take on uh, is that everything that happened with Ronda Rousey on Raw, because I I felt sorry for her. I, I mean, Ronda Rousey does not need my sympathy for any stretch of the imagination, but you know, I think it was a situation where she again she got stifled by the crowd. 
didn't really know how to handle it. Probably wasn't ready for booze like that. And let's face it, wrestling fans can be vicious in their in their attacks. They can, you know, they can, and they are. And you need to have a certain like someone that's always really been good at dealing with it is John Cena, right? John Cena was, yeah. and I think now. You know, the more you kind of see it happening, especially because John Cena was kind of the first guy to deal with it, it makes you realize how good John Cena was. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he dealt yeah. with it. He dealt with it so so well. And it, 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 when you are still, and the problem with Ronda Rousey, the problem with Rousey really is the same thing that happens to football managers that are overly successful. So you take the Huddersfield. This is a very football niche wrestling for people in the UK. Yeah. But there's a te- there's a team in the Premier League called Huddersfield. And they were never meant to make it to the Premier League, but their manager, David Wagner, did it, and he was like the new hero. How did he do it? Two years later, they started to struggle, and he left the football club. That probably never would have happened if they never got promoted. And I think with Ronda Rousey, she's so good, and she's so ahead of the curve of where she should be, that for some reason, wrestling fans, or at least a certain type of wrestling fan, and I get it's the whole Becky Lynch thing too, but, you know, you raise the bar so high that all of a sudden you're fighting from a different position. And I kind of think that happened with Rousey. So fans jumped all down her neck like she was a veteran performer and knew what she was doing. She couldn't handle it. And that's not fair. She was surprised by it. Doesn't know the best way to deal with it. I actually thought it was quite nice the way she tried to shrug it off and failed. And then the match wasn't, that wasn't ideal. But I just take it as one of those, one of those things. And I, I, don't, I don't like all these people I've seen going, oh, she's crap. Man, she's a human being. Let her be a human being before she's anything else. Yeah, I think you have to remember as well, she's still extremely new to the business as well. Absolutely. She's not grown up in the business. Um, she's absolutely fantastic in the ring. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, and the, I mean, the Ronda-Charlotte match from Survivor Series was one of the best matches I've seen in a long time. Um, the and one of the few matches in recent history in WWE that's made me really sort of genuinely emotionally invest in a match. Because I really wanted to see who was going to win that match. It was a really great match. And uh, I think if she goes against Becky, and potentially Charlotte again at WrestleMania, I think that would do the same there. But I think getting on her case for her promos is harsh because she's still learning. She's not even been in a year, has she? No, no, no. She literally debuted awesome. at WrestleMania, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. I, and I, then the promo she cut after the match with Becky was fantastic. Which is, you know, again, kind of what matters because you were left, you know, you were left in that situation going, this is great. This is a main event angle. And some people are like, don't put Charlotte Flair in this. This is perfect as it is. And a huge part of that was Ronda Rousey. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I found it. I mean, it's difficult because wrestling fans are, they're a unique bunch. And I say that with, uh, as a compliment, I say that in a nice way. You don't get a kind of passionate fan base like this that can react in such an environment anywhere else. And they can take over segments. Again, there's so much that happened this weekend, especially when you've got a smart crowd. You know, when uh, Dean Ambrose said, you know, to Triple H, you've got to go ask your father-in-law. And they chanted, yes, he does. Like, just hilarious. Elias is trying to get heat and they're all cheering him going, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. it's hilarious. Like, it doesn't make any sense. You know, it's absolutely, you know, from, from a from an outsider's perspective, it looks absolutely crazy. But it is fun. And It does indeed, yeah, it's like when they go to Canada and all the faces get booed and, and, and vice versa. That's what the that's kind of the, the fun with, with someone like Ronda Rousey. But again, if she's not expecting it and she's not been in that situation before and she's still learning everything else, I was like, look, it's going to happen. Again, like you said, everything she said about Becky Lynch was awesome. 
that to me is the main event of WrestleMania 35. I've come around to the whole idea with Charlotte being in it because it's not going to affect anything really and they'll have a better match. And if Ronda Rousey does leave after WrestleMania 35, which is another thing I don't understand why people are upset about. She came in, did a year, she goes again. All right, good. Thanks for coming. I hope, I hope you have a nice time doing whatever you're going to do next and you'll probably come back a few times. But I think, again, from a historic point of view, I think it does make more sense to have two kind of born and bred WWE guys in that match that they can play on and hark on that for years to come. I just think that makes more sense from a marketing and business standpoint. And the match will probably be better having Charlotte Flair in it because Charlotte Flair's really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw it against Ronda at Survivor Series. She's fantastic in the ring. You can't take it away from her. She's really good. Oh, I think so. Again, when she entered the... I, 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 already, I knew that anyway, and I've always been quite high on Charlotte, but when she entered the Rumble, I don't know what it was, but I guess it was the first wrestler I was like, right, here we go. Do you know what I mean? Now, now the shit yeah. is on. Like, and, and I think that was her. That wasn't the booking. That was just her, the way she came. I was like, right, Charlotte's here. And I thought her facial expressions when she was like attacking Becky after the, after the match was just wonderful. I thought it was absolutely yeah. wonderful. Like, she looked mental. She looked absolutely crazy. Yeah, no, she's, she's the, the star of the women's division, really, isn't she? I mean, and she feels like a big deal when she enters a ring. Yeah, she does. Whereas some of the other women just... I mean, the women's division has been fantastic recently. And at the moment, to be honest, the women's titles matches are the ones I want to see over the men's, to be honest. Um, but they probably lack a few, like, big, big stars. I other think... Than yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think you've got Charlotte, who is the, you know, she can do everything. You know, she, she, she can do absolutely everything. You've got Becky Lynch, who is yeah. now like the underdog, beloved fan favorite. Ronda Rousey is like a proper superstar. And she is, whether you want to accept that or not, she is a, you know, she is a bona fide mainstream household name. She is. like my, yeah. again, I've always said this. My mum knows the name Ronda Rousey. She doesn't know what she does, but she knows who, you know, she knows the name. It's kind of had that kind of, it's gotten through. But then outside of that, yeah, Sasha Banks and Bailey obviously have been marginalized a little bit, but hopefully when I, I'm convinced they're going to win the tag team titles next month, I think that was absolutely the right thing to do. I think it will help them no end. Yeah. So, so you know, th- that will be good. And I do like Ember Moon, I thought had a huge upside. And again, if you haven't heard, she actually suffered an injury maybe before or at some point during the Royal Rumble. She's out for six months, which is terrible because I always thought there was Ember Moon was always over with the fans. And I think it was just waiting for her big first angle on Raw to actually push her to that next level. And she obviously, we, we never got there. But then after that, you do can't... You're right, it's, it's a group of people that are under the main eventers and kind of need their own storylines to, to build them back up. I actually yeah. quite like what they did with Naomi and Mandy Rose on this week's SmackDown. I thought the callbacks to Tough Enough made that storyline make far more sense than it had done anyway. But they need to be put in a more prominent position and to have good matches in order to rubber stamp it almost. Yeah, I forgot about Naomi. I like Naomi, actually. She's pretty good. She is good. And she's athletic in the ring. And she's got a cool entrance. Like, it does count. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, it's a memorable entrance and people enjoy seeing it. And, you know, she does have popularity. But it never really, you know, she's never really given a chance to... Like, that feud should be... I'm not going to say better represented than it is. But I just think there's other elements that you could introduce into it that would help elevate both women. And that could happen. You know, that, that could happen. Like... But yeah, I think there's a lot of people like Alicia Fox, Dana Brooke, uh, you know, the Iconics. And I love all of them. Like, I really do. Like, Alicia Fox, oddly, wins me over every time. Everything she's, apart from the tantrum, her entrance and her weird mannerisms in the Rumble are cracking me up. I was like, you know, you, you are entertaining. Yes, very strange. Yeah, but they're not put 
it, they, they need to have their own storylines, their own angles to go on, so they can continue to build their whatever you want to call it, reputation, whatever. There's yeah, a I think it's just them. difficult to where they're still obviously part of the two main shows. It's very difficult to find time to squeeze in storylines for everybody, I guess. Oh, absolutely. That's always going to be the problem, which I totally understand. But I just think, I guess, because I, I want them to do more and they're not, it's like, well, I hope they, they start doing it. As we are talking about the women's division as well, dude, I've got to ask you, Nia Jax, <laughs> what, what do you think about the potential, uh, yeah, the, the, the potential, well, I guess her beating it's up men. Yeah, I guess, yeah, her beating up men. What, else is, what other way is there to say it? What, uh, what I don't know. Thoughts? I mean, I thought when she came into the Rumble, it was strange. But I kind of enjoyed that. I thought it was quite cool, actually. Yeah, I did. I liked it. I tell you why, because it was different. And if yeah. you know, and if they didn't have a Roman Reigns or they didn't have a John Cena who, or whoever, I was like, well, at least, at least I'm enjoying this. Do you know what I mean? At least yeah. this is, at least this is fun. Yeah, and obviously, I, we all knew our truth was coming in last, and I don't think anybody was really excited about that in any way. So it provided a nice shock. I thought it was good. I did wonder at the time, is she just getting punished? But I thought that, but the way they did it, I was like, I actually think this has helped Nia Jax. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel yeah, I like think I, it has massively. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like she's much more. I, like, when it came to Raw, before I sat down to watch it, I was like, I want to see what Nia Jax is going to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So straight away, I was like, okay, well, that must be a positive to some sense because I didn't feel like that a few weeks ago. Yeah, so, she feels like much more of a star now. She does. She does. And I think it's because. She held her own with the men, quote-unquote. That was the point. Oh, look at her holding her own with the men, which maybe there's a problem in that, maybe. But she did. She threw out Mustafa Ali. Again, you can debate that, but she did. And she almost, you know, she did trick Rey Mysterio, right? She picked him up and was going to throw him out and then obviously got RKO'd, super kicked, and 619. Yeah. But I don't think it made her look bad at all. It made her look a bit like a badass, I thought. Yeah. A, that she had the balls. Terrible term of phrase, that is. But A, that she had the courage to... You know, walk out there and do within kayfabe to do it in the first place, and actually hold her own. And it'll take all. And also, she sold those things very well. Yeah, I tell you, man, I I went away with a. I I don't know how I feel about the intergender stuff going forward. I'd have to see how WWE does it and what the general consensus is. I think it is yeah. important. But in that one moment, I was like, that was pretty cool. I kind of like Nia Jax. Like that's yeah, that's, that's I what I thought. Yeah, no, I thought the same. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought they did it really well. Going forward, yeah, I agree. I don't. I'm not sure I want to be watching Nia Jax versus, you know, Dean Ambrose or something like that, particularly, um, because I just. I know, I know, it's fake. It's wrestling, but it really isn't believable. In I, terms of a man fighting a woman, it just. I don't know. I think I think the thing with it from that point of view is you don't see it in MMA, for example. You don't no. see it, you don't see it in boxing, for example. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of if you're trying to look at it, look at it like for like. But for me, it's all about yeah. how it's all about how they book it. Like when when everybody was talking about Dean Ambrose potentially losing to Nia Jackson, oh, it'd be the worst thing ever. I'm like, we haven't seen it yet. I don't know. I may watch it again on paper. You could have told me about Nia Jackson the Rumble. I've gone, no, that sounds rubbish. But I saw it. I was like, well, that's quite fun. But then back in the day. Back in the day, I had no problem with China beating men. No, exactly. I didn't either. I, I thought that was cool. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I so. thought it was cool. Yeah, I always used to think, I like it. That's cool. A woman yeah, comes in and she kicks the crap out of people. Yeah. When China won the Intercontinental title, 
I thought it was amazing. Yeah, exactly. And the weird thing is that was what you go back and watch that now, and they're not great matches either. No. I, I used to think they were. I watched them the other day. I was like, yeah. it's pretty bad. But... I mean, at the time, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, exactly. I did too because it was different. I just like things that are different. Like, I, it really gets me. And again, it doesn't mean that we should do crazy stuff. And it doesn't always mean that it works. Of course, it doesn't. But there was something in that. I, I agree with you. Where I was like, all right you've piqued my interest. And if they want to do Dan, if they want to do Dean Ambrose versus Nia Jax, again, on paper, I understand the, the worries and the criticisms, but until it plays out, until I see how, you know, a general audience reacts to it, I can't comment. Cause I do that a lot with ups and downs. Like sometimes I may watch it and go, eh, it's not really, you know, it's not really, uh, for me, but look at the crowd reacting to it. Therefore I'm in the minority here and it's got over. And that's all. The, it's like the whole Joey Ryan dick stuff, right? So many people criticize it, but I've seen arenas go crazy for Joey Ryan's penis. So it's like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it's like, how can I criticize it? Are you, yeah. If you want to talk about what is resting, okay, that's a different argument. But in terms of should Joey Ryan done that on this night? Yes, he should have done. Look how much people are enjoying it. And secretly, I think, you know, when you get a crowd reaction like that, I think everybody enjoys it deep down. I don't think you can't help it. It's so silly. Joey Ryan is so good with it. Again, it's my favorite thing about pro wrestling is that really there are no rules. And as long as everybody agrees with what's happening in the ring, we can just do it. Yeah. And that's I think okay. That's, that's the key. I think if if WWE want to do intergender wrestling and it's done for the right reasons, not to punish anybody or yeah, exactly, um, yeah. do anything like that, and everybody's on board with it. So whoever say it is Dean Ambrose versus Nia Jax and he has no problem losing to Nia Jax. I think it's fine. Um, but if it's causing problems or it's being done to, you know, punish Dean Ambrose or Nia Jax, then it shouldn't be done. No, I agree. I, I agree. I, I, I never want any kind of booking out of spite. Like no. spite booking. I think there's a what culture list either did or is going up soon, which is literally about that. And it never works because you can feel the spiteness coming yeah. through the, yeah, you know, coming through the, um, coming through the camera, which, which never works. I don't think anybody ever wants that. So yeah, as long as they do that, I- I think it'd be fine. I mean, I don't think they need to be, you know, making Nia Jax intercontinental champion or anything like that. But um, especially not now they have women's title. Yeah, no, I, I would rather if they want to do that, just introduce a new title to the, yeah, to the women's division. So I think, no, I think that's the best thing about the, the women's division is that these days is that they, they, they you know, there are titles. And they, 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 the tag team, that's why I'm excited about the tag team titles. That builds the division, right? The more stuff you have like that, the cooler... Yeah. Uh, the, the call of the division feels because it feels like an actual division which I mean brings up the other question as well people are like well if Nia Jax can be in the men's Royal Rumble what's the point of having a women's Royal Rumble alright yeah from a logical point of view that makes sense but it's wrestling and we can do this stuff and sometimes it's just good to do it and also I don't want to see everyone said we'll put Braun Strowman in the women's Rumble next year I don't want to see that I don't right or wrong I don't want to see that I don't think that would be to me and maybe it's a flaw in my own character but the way I look at that that isn't fun Nia Jax going in it just is I don't know why it works that way around maybe it's a social thing it's a a societal thing but for some reason one works and one doesn't I can't answer why maybe that's that's bad on my end maybe I shouldn't think like that I don't know yeah no I think it's just because you're sort of conditioned to think men shouldn't be hitting women yeah you're right you're right is so yeah you're right but you know a badass woman beating up a bloke doesn't really have the same sort of impression yeah you're right you're 100 percent correct yeah watching a massive guy pound on a woman i don't think anybody's going to want to see that no and you, you can argue you know, that's the kind of thing that popped the lucha underground bubble is that i swear it was pentagon went around and just murdered a bunch of women and it was i didn't like it and again feel free feel free to go simon that's not very fair okay he's probably not but that's 
that's how I felt about it. <laughs> it was too much. It was no, too I much. For me. It didn't... I mean, imagine UFC if they had women against men. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're, you're right. And it, there are certain sports I do want to see that. And that's probably why, again, you know, if, if you're going to get Serena Williams versus Rafael Nadal, I'd love to see that in tennis. So, you know, I do think yeah. there's a, there is a reason to try and get it into, into WWE. But I also think it depends how it actually plays out on screen. Anyway, all said and done, I did really enjoy Nia Jackson, the Rumble. And obviously, hilariously, Ronda Rousey could beat up anybody on that roster, men or women. So yeah, exactly. it's like, it's like that kind I of... Think- that's what we need Ronda in the men's rumble. Yeah. Because, you know, she could just beat the crap out of everybody. Well, she could literally, if they all had real fights, Ronda Rousey wins. Ronda Rousey could probably beat half the roster before anyone even laid a punch on her. Do you know what I mean? Like, because she got out of yeah. fatigue. She'd just be like, she'd be knackered because she'd taken on half the roster. Which is, yeah. the, which is the, the, the strange, I guess it's a strange irony with the whole thing. They actually do have somebody on the roster that is tougher than anybody else. It makes me laugh. Yeah. All these people that always go, oh, like, you know, Braun Strowman could... Uh, Braun Strowman would destroy, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a fight, any UFC fighter, even one in like a bantamweight. Like, bro, no, he couldn't. Like, real fighters are killers, man. They fuck you exactly. up. I think this is, you have to remember with Brock Lesnar is, you know, there's that, what that uh, moment in they had a, they were having a match where Braun accidentally caught Brock Lesnar with like a stiff knee and Brock just absolutely ruined him afterwards. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. He could probably legit kill him if he wanted to but obviously he's not going to but yeah i mean i mean brock and ronda are just well i wouldn't say tougher than everybody but they're they're up there oh absolutely and that's why again you know talking about brock lesnar and his legitimate legitimacy and what he did to finn balor that's why i kind of like that it ended with a kimura because i was like yeah Everybody taps out to a yeah. Kimura. Like, that's a legit move, man. You can't fight that off. That will screw up anybody, no matter what you're doing. If you get, you see it in MMA fights all the time, and people go, well, it's not MMA. No, but it's the, 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 the messages that stuff like UFC has put out there. Like, everybody on Twitter or Facebook or something has seen somebody on the front foot, and then they get tapped out because they, you know, whatever. There's a thousand reasons. Yeah. And that's, what hap- that's why I love that Brock Lesnar match. I probably should have talked about this more in the week. But that's why I loved it. The tide changed so quickly because Finn Balor made one mistake and Brock Lesnar knows about those legit holds. I loved it. Great yeah, story. I think, I think also the problem is that WWE don't hide the fact that Brock and Ronda have been in UFC. No, not you know, at all. They, they, they fully acknowledge that. Whereas maybe in the past, when you, well, I guess they didn't. They always did acknowledge it. But if they didn't acknowledge the fact they'd been in UFC and they'd said these are pro wrestlers, it would be much easier to beat them or like as Ronda now is unbeaten for like nearly a year, um, largely based on the fact that she's a, a badass in real life. So when she gets beaten by, she's probably going to get beaten by Becky, say. It may n- I don't, it's, it's hard for me because obviously, you know, Ronda could kill her, but yeah. she can't because she's in WWE. Yeah, you're right. I, I think that's that's something I thought about the other day. I saw someone saying, oh, Ronda should win. Ronda should win. Ronda shouldn't win just because I think at WrestleMania, we need an ending where everybody's happy because we haven't had one in so yeah. long. So we need one. But yeah, there is that argument that how... Well, there's two arguments. One, how do you make it realistic? Completely agree with that. But also, is I, I don't think this is to be true. It's just a thought I had given what happened when... I know UFC and WWE is different. But obviously, when Ronda Rousey did experience those UFC losses, she struggled with it. 
maybe with all these boos, she doesn't really want to lose to Becky Lynch. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know people's mindsets. It, wrestling is a very hard, uh, a very hard, I hate this term, but business in that sense, because a lot of it is ego and a lot of it is what you're happy to let fly. That's the truth. Yeah. That and Ronda truth. has to lose eventually. Of course he does. Absolutely. She really does. Yeah. And I, I fully expect her to lose at WrestleMania and I would like to see her lose at WrestleMania. Um, but it would be, I think it'd be tough to get there, to be honest, because she obviously she always finds a way to win at the moment. Yeah. And, and she always looks good doing it as well. Um, so I think we should probably just have to kind of think about her as Ronda, the pro wrestler and not the UFC badass. A hundred percent. And you do, and making that leap is hard. Yeah. You know, and I, she's, you know, she's, a new pro wrestler as well. Becky Lynch has been doing it for countless years. Oh yeah. 10 plus. So, yeah. I mean, in terms of that, it makes it more believable, but when I mean, you just say, Oh yeah, Rhonda from the UFC, she could probably kill her straight away. Oh yeah. I mean, of course. Well, you'd think so anyway. Of course. I know hundred percent. She's got what, background in judo and all of these things as well. Hasn't she? So, oh yeah. She's, she's a, she's a killer. <laughs> she, yeah. What she said on raw is probably a hundred percent true. I could yeah. kill you, but I decided not to. I'm like, yeah, it's probably good. Probably could kill yeah. you. It's like, I, again, I saw, I did a review for what culture you go check it out. Now I went to see fighting with my family. It's all right. It's a decent movie, but the weirdest bit is Vince, Mc, uh, Vince Vaughn, sorry, is the head coach at NXT. And again, I understand his acting, but we all know who Vince Vaughn is. So it's that again, yes. this is much like the whole trying to separate Ronda from MMA Ronda from wrestling. We're like, but that's just Vince Vaughn. It's like it's really <laughs> it's really hard to accept him as the head. Because I'm like, but I know that he's not. He's like he's too well known to to almost take on that role. And he is actually very good in it. But sometimes your brain just won't let you let you make mental leaps. That's just what happens. It's just what no, happens. No, because you kind of think of Vince Vaughn as like from dodgeball exactly he's like what he doesn't love nxt but it's fine it is i would say if you're a wrestling fan and, and it's a very like uh easy to watch movie um yeah but yeah it's fine it's fine it's good it was all right like it was all right no, no, nothing special i'd watch it once never watch it again but there's nothing wrong with that not every movie needs to be uh needs to be gangbusters uh all right on that note we somehow zoomed through that hour man that just flew by like a like an airplane is there anything else you want to pimp out or or sell to sell to the audience what a terrible phrase before we wrap this up uh, i don't think so i think we covered a lot of bases in that podcast we really really did we really really did um, we yeah, jumped all over the place. We did, which is the best ones. The best ones. Uh, I do actually think we may we may actually have a podcast on Monday as well for people wondering when the next one is. Uh, I don't know if that's the case or not, but another Patreon member had to shift some dates around. But, you know, you'll pop up, it will pop up. So keep an eye out for that. But anyway, in terms of now, Tom, thank you very much, man. It's good to talk to you again. You too. It's been fantastic. It has done. Uh, and again, yeah, you can go check out loads of other podcasts I've got. I've got The Week in Gaming. That's my gaming one. Obviously, the Pro Wrestling Podcast has two episodes a week, so go search for that. Go subscribe. Go watch it on my YouTube channel, YouTube forwards, uh, YouTube.com forward slash The Middle Report Rules. On Twitter and Instagram at Simon316. Again, all supported by the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Even a dollar helps. And I think that's everything. I think I've pimped out all my wares. So that's that. Thank you very much for listening. And yeah, we'll be back very soon. <laughs>